You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. I got a dollar, got a dollar, and a dream, and a dream, yeah. Boy, you know we really tryna eat, don't you know? I got a dollar, got a dollar, and a dream, and a dream, yeah. Boy, you know we really okay. tryna eat, don't you know? Uh, more than I travel the globe, ay, I see the changes around me. Ay, people move on and drift apart. Real life ain't slowed down for anybody. It's real. It's real. That's the way it is. Sometimes I don't even know what day it is. Go me city to city to making a living. To say I'm busy is an understatement. Oh no. Oh no. Y'all think I'm famous. All I can't And hey everyone, welcome to episode 145 of the collab cast. It is Thursday. November the 9th, 2017. When did that happen? Um, it happened while we were busy with Empower <laughs> Conference. Um, I, I had to talk with Minji. I think we're going back to our OG release date of Thursday. because Just because when, when we were on Monday, we kept missing like weekend stuff. It's an organic evolution. Yeah. We're leaning into it. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Minji Chang. I'm Marvin Yu, and we are your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture and Asian America. And this week... We have a very special guest. I wanted to get him on while he was here with us. I know, but it was but, a little Yeah, nuts. he had to leave so quickly on Monday. Because he got things to do <laughs> out in Atlanta. Our host is the one and only June Lee, who was Minji's co-host this weekend at Collaboration Star and the host of our Collaboration AF Comedy Night. He is a comedian, um, Instagram celebrity <laughs> um, funny dude based out of the atl the 404 the uh oh well done marv i didn't know i didn't know the thing hi june welcome hey june hey guys thanks for having me on great to have you june is um minji's fellow um ajuma cosplayer i guess you know <laughs> we gotta hold it down we gotta represent um how was your flight back how's uh how's everything do you miss us uh, i miss it so much <laughs> i love the drills no the flight was good i had a little bit of layover i mean i just pretty much slept away but the whole time i was just like so when am i gonna be back like when, what's the next opportunity for me nice. back? um was that your first time in los angeles that was not so i i've been in LA I kind of stopped by so I made a my family made a grave mistake of doing one of those bus tours where you hit like LA oh my god Asian bus tours yes oh Oh my gosh we have stories I did too (laughs) they stop by LA and they're like okay you have 15 minutes to see the entire state yeah and and shop right (laughs) (laughs) I get off the bus I stretch and they're like please come back on we're running late like wait hold on um (laughs) Oh my nice. god, it's all ru- it's all rushing back to me right now. <laughs> so that was my experience. And then my brother lived in um uh San Francisco, so I got to stay there for like ten days. So that was like my California stay. But like LA, LA, no. And but even this trip I didn't really get to like explore or like. Yeah, really he was go working, out. yo. Yeah, he you were pretty much Minji's shadow for like the last I was. Week. I was. You got to see the the chaos and the well, organized chaos, let's say, of the collaboration producer life. Seriously, this year was really chill. I'm just gonna put that out there. Like, oh, what are, okay, <laughs> must be nice, Minji. Must be nice because I almost died. Well, that's what I'm saying. You learn. You have to like level up and uh, not level up, but you have to like maintain. It's like a very 
chaotic moment. Yeah, but, but we're, we're we're done. We had a very successful collaboration in Power Weekend 2017. Minji's in here, like, relaxed. I'm just chilling here. <laughs> uh, we had, well, we had, like, 40 awesome speakers and panelists, so many mm-hmm. friends. I mean, we could break this all down, but, like... I feel People like were inspired. Have you seen? Very have much. You seen so. the um, like there was a lot of like a lot of love. But we're gonna talk more about Empower Weekend and how we're happy it happened and glad it's over. And how um, I had the best time co-hosting with June and we had some like <laughs> epic moments. No big deal. We'll talk about that. later. We're gonna talk about that after <laughs> the break. But uh, every episode we start off with a roundtable discussion, a pop culture roundtable about what's on our minds in the world of pop and Asian American culture. And June, why don't you give us? Why don't you start us off? What's on your mind? Oof. All right. Yeah. Off. All right. All right. Sounds good. First By the off. way, Marvin, I, I know we met in person and stuff, but you have a fantastic like radio voice. Right. That, um, has, anyone, has anyone ever told you that? You have this like charisma to your voice. I love it. Supposedly. <laughs> I, I don't hear it. I just hear like <laughs> late nights with Marvin Yue. No, you don't, right? you don't like my late night voice. I hate your late night voice when my you do that. My late night voice has a little more bass to it. Stop doing it. A little it. more seduction. Stop it. Ew. Welcome to Late Nights in Collaboration. Stop it. Ew. This is sexy. Just take it down. No. Let's take it down. I shouldn't have started. I apologize. Smooth I take it back. Jazz. I take it back. Anyway, June, what's your topic? Away. Stop. I'm going to throw my um, shoe I guess at you. one thing that I want to talk about um, to kind of ease into everything is so as, as Marvin mentioned, I do some social media content creation. I do comedy videos on Instagram and YouTube. And I mean, before that, I've been following, I've been watching a ton of videos and, like Vine and all of that growing up. And one thing I've noticed is, to be truthfully honest, is like the lack of talent in a lot of social media content creation. Not to try to say that like oh, I'm any better no he's not stop instigating (laughs) (laughs) and one thing i've well one thing i've uh one problem i've i've kind of ran into especially now that i'm making videos myself is is this topic of asian american content creators and the type of videos that they're making okay and i just want to start this conversation where I've noticed that a lot of Asian American content creators are making funny Asian videos. However, they're making it through the lens of a white American on mm. what they believe Asian Americans, how they act and how they live. Right. So you're talking about like stereotypes, playing on stereotypes that are established, right? Like, um, right. Like, Oh, the, the tiger mom or the, um, like all the tropes that we grew up with, like, oh, we're good at math or we're good at... Is that what um, you're talking about, though, June? Because honestly, like, well, in general, I'm, like, the worst content consumer <laughs> on the planet, which is terrible because I'm, like, a content creator in my own right. But do you, like, is there an example? Because I'm just curious. So, yeah, no, 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 for sure. It's just, like, I... The thing is, it's, it's just... It's just more of a false depiction of, like, the everyday Asian-American life and just growing up. And um, one, one, a lot of videos I see is just like where I saw this one. It was just like an American police. It was just like a siren, and how Asian police. And it was just like the same video, and it was a voiceover saying, "And saying wing 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 wing." Oh, Asian police! Oh, like you know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is like that. That I wear. Find me one Asian police car that makes that noise. What, where, or, is or, where is that? Ew! Is that on? Was that know, on like, Vine? Where was that? 
there's I don't know I just it's just just like social media types of stuff or like a lot of like ping ping ling long chings you know what I'm saying it's just like but the thing is so here's the thing I mean I I I kind of see I get why a lot of and I don't I actually believe I actually think that a lot of these content creators are doing this without really knowing what they're doing I think there a lot of them are misinformed where they're kind of playing into this um, stereotype. And they're adding into that mix because it sells. See, but who? But who does it sell to? It sells to the wide audience of like and of what their depiction of hmm. how we sound, how we live, how we dress, how we just live our everyday normal life. And that's why they're getting the views. That's why they're getting featured on a lot of these white, um, big platforms that share their videos and goes viral. And you know that's that's great, it's success for them. But it's kind of just like. I don't know. It's perpetuating that. You know? See, I wonder if because like Minji and I were we're, we're at a point where we're not we're not like consuming products that everyone else does. We consume stuff we want to see, and like a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that we look at is and there's this there's this movement like this this podcast is one where we're creating content that centers on the Asian American narrative, right? So like when we talk about stuff on this podcast, like Minji and I explain this a lot, like. Everything we talk about is from the Asian American perspective. So anything we talk about is Asian American, and that's something that we see in our, the content we we like to consume too. Because with collaboration, we've also seen different areas. Like you know, not everywhere is the conversation of Asian American as nuanced as it is here in LA or other places with a, a more robust Asian American like community. Um, a lot of places are still finding their voice. And something that we talked about at the Empire Conference is, you know, the Asian American culture isn't exactly a culture. It's a political term, right? Um, so Asian American in itself is a, is an amalgamation of many cultures. And I wonder, like, there's a difference between the content you're talking about and maybe you're more immersed in and the content. Like, say, we had our judge, Steve Lim, from at Star. He creates that um, that series, Worth It. Mm-hmm. And that's right. con- entirely from his perspective as an Asian American, centered in, on his perspective. But right. nowhere does he feel like he needs to play to other stereotypes, right? Because it's just him. Right. And, like, trying food is a very Asian American cultural thing. It's, like, it's one of the few things that we're really, like... but it's not it's not unique to us either like that's a very universal like we're like everyone likes food which is why and that's what i'm saying like i think we've acknowledged this at different times on this podcast too that we can be very sheltered in la and in kind of like the different areas maybe on the west coast or like on the coast in general just us Mm -hmm. being more um more exposed to content that speaks more to us. Like, I feel like that's what we've, we've been. So this is where I say, like, sometimes I feel like Asian America, as we know, it lives in a bubble because we don't consume the rest of what the rest of America, the rest of the globe, honestly is consuming and what they're interpreting as Asian America, because it's not what we do. Right. Part of that message also is that why not? Right. Why? So there's a, there's this thought, right. That in, in Hollywood, that, to have an Asian character, you have to have, make them do Asian things, right? Like right. you can't just you can't just have a character be there and just be like just you can't be. have yeah you can't have Minji be there and just be like oh, an actor in Hollywood. She a has to be girl. the Korean American actor in Hollywood, yes. right? She needs to eat kimchi or like yes. say some like you know like Korean word <laughs> to exist, which I do anyway. Right? But like you know, like yeah, <laughs> and I mean that's what I'm saying. Like um, there's this movement in the literary world called own voices which is like writing stories about minority marginalized people without having to do it through a white person's or a a mainstream lens of yourself right Right, and 
for a lot of people, that's revolutionary. <laughs> that's like, that goes against all the rules of media, right? Which is why True. I think that it's great because June's like calling it out from here. Yeah. So that's why I love having, I guess, you know, the expanded family network that we do that's far reaching outside of LA. You yeah. know, June, like you're, you're saying, because on your end from where, where you sit in your community and the types of things that you see your friends sharing or watching regularly, right? It's a very different, I'm like imagining a magnifying glass and it's kind of like going from here to there and it's a really yeah. different scope. I mean, it's a difference between like when we were kids and people were saying, it's okay to make fun of Asians to now like, it's great that you're, you're seeing this because that means you're, if you're seeing other people are seeing it, that this is a problem that needs to be, you know, addressed. Right. Right. For sure. And the thing is like a lot of, so lately a lot of videos that I've been posting on my own um, pages is, is the depiction of like an Asian mom. And a lot of and the thing is, a lot of people don't realize like a lot of this stems from my everyday life with my mom. So a person that really hones in on this, and I think a lot of his own success is uh, I've I've adopted a lot of styles from him. Was Joe Coy, especially in a stand-up, he loves talking about like his mom. I don't know if you've seen any of his stand-ups, but like the way he impersonates her, I think it's just it's flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I've never grew up in like a Filipino family, but the way but the way it executes is really well, and it's just it's just the what I like about it is it's not it's not so much a stereotype. It's it's more it's just a general it's just a genuine representation and depiction and impersonation. Loving and, impersonations uh, of mothers. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, so even when I do my videos, um, I always get a ton of requests and stuff. But I, I, I try to be careful in the types of videos I make, in the topics that I make, in the topic, topics that I tr- uh, try to choose deal with just kind of like more everyday, just real things that Asian American kids face, or that they've 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 noticed that their you know parents have been doing, and so a lot of one thing that I'm trying to avoid um, coming coming into this whole content creation game is stuff that's just overdone, like you mentioned, Marvin, like the whole like Tiger Mom stuff, and especially I get a ton of requests to do like oh do a reaction when when like an Asian mom's reaction when uh, the son gets a B on the report card like that's just been, <laughs> that's so overdone and it's just overplayed out low hanging fruit just, is what we call it sometimes. yeah I mean that's right and that's great that, that means that you know the development of, of comedy is like getting more and more um, clever. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Remember doing what Otsuko was saying? Like, I totally echo her sentiment of like, be funny. Like, this is like as as a defense of the craft of comedy. Yeah, that's just yeah, lazy. Sure. It's just mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's like a disrespect to the to the to the art of comedy. Yeah, I mean, what makes um, what makes Asian AF like our friend Will Choice thing so awesome is um, the the comedians and the com- the the comic performers there are are they're willing to put more nuance into their 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 acts because they know that the, the that the the that the audience is ready for it right like, and they don't even care if the audience is ready for it they're just like no this is how it goes you know and i like that's what june does with like that's why it's funny it's yeah. relatable and then honestly there's more touch points for other people to step in which is what happened with the buzzfeed video like genuinely right. they're just like oh that i did with jenny and joy and we we're just like we're just like impersonating our moms and yeah. we weren't doing anything right. specific but everyone's like oh that's my mom too yeah, exactly. So like the, the types of um, what I'm trying to do, my goal with a lot of these content creation, especially with the Asian mom segments, is just to kind of just show, um, give the perspective to non-Asian Americans or like Asian Americans to show that like this is just 
how I grew up. These are the things that I face, and these are the things I've noticed. Right. Maybe you can relate. Maybe not. But my my goal is to just show just like more like everyday real life situations. And a lot of people are like, oh wait, my mom does this too. And this thing is yes, like a lot of people might know that other moms do it, but a lot of people aren't showing that through a video format. Yeah. In terms, like, in one in one <laughs> example is like the way I I showed how a lot of well my mom my mom and dad um, use their smartphones. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, <laughs> and the thing is, is like I've come to realize that like especially at church or watching other Korean adults use their phone, they just there's just similarities. So that's just that's what I'm wanting to highlight the funny little nuances and just a little everyday life that um, people a lot of a lot of kids know that they know, but there's like, oh wait, no one's talking about this. And when they finally see that someone else is talking about it or or better yet making a video out of it. There, it it, it kind of has that sense of pride. Is even if it yeah it might be slightly funny or embarrassing. It's like hey, this is something I can relate to. This is something that I grew up with, and this hits home to me. So that's kind of where that's kind of the um, avenue I'm trying to go through in terms of relate relatability with other with the other audience. I feel yeah. like with when it comes to the Asian American content, like we can, we, it's good to call it out for what it is. It like. It's it's a call out just saying like look the the evolution of our comedy and our stories it's an evolution like let's kind of get with the times a little bit and I get it it gets right. it's it's for clicks too let's just acknowledge for what it is you get a lot of viewership and clicks yeah. but like there's there's other ways to get clicks with like smart comedy in my opinion you're right yeah right right. And speaking of representations of Asian Americans on media. Um, Part of it is also the gatekeepers, right? Uh, so what's on my mind is this recent um, – it was a little blow-up in the book world. Um, there's a little hashtag going around called Asian Enough uh, because um, there's this article that came out in May of this year. Already rolling Written by eyes. Leonard Chang, um, uh, who is a, a writer. He writes – he wrote for the TV show Justified, and he is also a novel writer. Um, he was writing an article about kind of not giving up even when your editors are – are like against you, right? And he gave an example of a rejection letter that he received for his book, The Lockpicker, from, say, quote-unquote, legendary editor in the biz. Okay. Uh, the characters, especially the main character, just do not seem Asian enough. They <laughs> act like everyone else. They don't eat Korean food. They don't <laughs> speak Korean. And you have to think about ways to make these characters more ethnic, more different. We get too much of the minutiae of the characters' lives and none of the details that separate Koreans and Korean-Americans from the rest of us. For example, in the scene when she looks into the mirror, you don't show how she sees her slanted eyes or how she thinks of her Asian-ness. So this was published? This was a rejection letter for his manuscript from a oh publisher. My. What year? That he published. Um, this was probably a couple years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh... Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, our friend Will Choi re- uh, quoted this tweet saying, My morning ritual, colon, brush teeth, wash face, hop and shower, stare at my slanted eyes, <laughs> contemplate Asianness. <laughs> and like, right, we, we right, had right. a lot of fun like just tearing this into shreds. And this thing, the, this article came out a couple months ago, so uh, it kind of got brought up. But it's just like, it's hit this nerve right now that like, yeah, like this is how mainstream gatekeepers see Asian American stories. <laughs> That, like, don't, that don't not, fit their like yeah. speaking like speaking the June's um, um, topic that don't doesn't fit their their, their narr- narrative their, of their what frame. Asians are right. <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's like my only response. Yeah. Like uh, here's my thing too. It's I guess in terms of that uh, whatever outrage culture. 
I get I get self-conscious about things that I get outraged at because there's just so much shit. And I've already said that multiple times of like feeling exhausted and then also not wanting to be that girl. Mm-hmm. However, given the, the times, like the current culture that we're living in right now where there's some really important things that do need to be called out, like I'm giving myself permission currently <laughs> – to be openly outraged. Do you know what I'm saying? And like sometimes it's exhausting because there's so much that you can't like get outraged at everything because then like you just die. Like you just, <laughs> you'd be like one of those Ajumas like, oh, 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 I can't, I can't. just faint. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But like that, that's just ridiculous. I mean, and the, no. And then yeah, just to piggyback on that too, it's just like the, I, <laughs> the concept <laughs> of being like Asian American, um, a lot of people don't realize that, like, well, when, when I when I tell people I'm like Asian American or I'm Korean American, I don't. It, I think it's a hard concept for for even me to. For it took me a long time to really understand, and especially it's hard for other people to understand or non Asian Americans that I'm just as Korean as I am American. Right. You know. Right. The the fact that I was born I was born in Guam. So I was never even born in Korea. I was born in Guam and I moved to Atlanta when I was four or five years old. So I've pretty I mean I've been in America my whole life and I, I identify myself I, myself as a Korean, but I also identify just as much as an American. Right. And the truth of the matter is a lot of times there is this pride that it's the struggle for Asian Americans because they there's this there's a sense of pride of the natives like you you have to be more Chinese you have to be more Korean Japanese um, Taiwanese etc. But thing is like if I grew up here and with this culture and ideologies I to be truthfully honest I identify better and more so as an American than I do as a Korean oftentimes right yeah and that's, that's- especially. <laughs> That's a dual identity thing. It's, there's a there's like if, I don't know it might be beyond your time, June, because probably came out around the time you're born, or maybe like right after. Mm-hmm. But um, the movie Selena, like there's something so Selena's Selena's. Selena's. Um, but like the dad goes off in that movie, and he's just like talking about being Mexican. He's like, we have to be more Mexican than the Mexican, and more American than the more like we have to watch <laughs> Oprah and we have to watch Christina. We have to like listen, you know, and we have to know we have to know both in order to like prove our Americanness to one side. Yeah. And Prove our Mexicanness to right, the other. Right, side. How many times right, right. have you like talked to someone and, and you like when you say you don't watch Korean dramas? They're like, "You're a bad Korean." I've heard that, right? and that that's fading out. I'm mean, like, okay, we'll plug him power later. But like, honestly, I don't have to. Like, I'm just gonna say it again in my outrage. I don't have to prove shit to you. Like yeah. for real, I have lived my life being Korean American as well. My version, and like this is what I learned from collaboration and like going out to all these different cities. Like my experience being from the Bay and then now living in Los Angeles, and then compared to like June's upbringing being from Guam to Atlanta, right, which is a completely different yeah. part of the country in a different universe. I mean, right. they play out very differently. But yeah. it's like a very universal struggle. You mean the touch points are Korean heritage, growing up a minority in a white country, and you know, and and that 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 reconciliation, you know, and June has the additional um, like spice of being from a territory, which is probably a little bit different as well. Right? I, bet I challenge you, like, tell anybody, like Guam, they're like, where's that? <laughs> 
They won't know. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> no, when I, a lot of the times when I say Guam, they're like, oh, what part of Asia? So I was like, bro. Like, <laughs> we, learned, we learned this in history. Like, it's part of the U.S. Like, yeah. You know. Well, it's like people didn't really – like, Puerto Rico this is a like U.S. Recent, territory. Like, this is like a recent current thing right now where they're like, Puerto – you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I can't. It's interesting. So it's interesting that this, this came up because um, – Crazy Rich Asians is the new cover story for this week's Entertainment Weekly. That, okay. I cannot find it at all because I, everything's sold out. I live in a very Asian neighborhood, though, in, in LA, San Gabriel. So I'm, yes, I was telling everyone, I, should, I, probably need to go, I probably need to go to like a white neighborhood to find a copy of this magazine. Go to like Ohio. But like, no, there's um, Asian people out there. So they had, it's the cover story about how it got made. Uh, first look at all the uh, screenshots of the movie. It looks amazing. Um, but yes. one of the big stories that came out of it is um, <laughs> the, the Hollywood producers mm-hmm. um, wanted Kevin Kwan to make Rachel – White. A white person white yep. to make the movie at first. And Kevin Kwan kind of, he's the author of the original book, stuck to his guns. Like, no, this is an Asian American story. She's literally the heart of the story. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, it did, like, and then um, there's a great tweet that Outrage, outrage, that, outrage. That um, oh. Entertainment Weekly sent out that said, believe it or not, Hollywood wanted to make the main character white in Crazy Rich Asians. And the reaction to this was, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> like of course. how is how is this not how does how is this uh, uh, believe it or not like it's it's <laughs> on to this episode of Ripley's because <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, no way we're like yeah duh we know of course they did of course they did it's uh, I want the emoji yeah. face right now that the side eye like mm-hmm. right. yeah right. what else is new yeah <laughs> but it's great that we have creators now that will not bow to that pressure for the sake of like because if you make if you made Rachel a white person that changes the entire story she's the core of the story (laughs) Ah, why yeah (sighs) because heaven forbid there is a fish out of water story where the fish the fish is not white right (laughs) and then you know and what's interesting is like I don't know if this was the case for you guys growing up in LA or the Bay Area or wherever but Growing up here, I grew up in a um, – there's, there's, there's a lot of Asians, but you know, kind of like a very middle-class, upper-class area. And I remember learning that I wasn't white. And it sounds weird <laughs> because I always obviously knew. Yeah. But the, the way I learned was through constant reminders growing up. Your awakening. You know, that I wasn't that I wasn't one of them or, or that I was different. That's and I remember, and I remember in middle school this this I this I had this whole kind of like this identity struggle where I really wanted to be white in middle school, <laughs> and and looking back I think it was a deeper issue than that. But the older I got, I think I, I, I realized that I just wanted to fit in, and that's what it meant to fit in to be white. How, um, how specifically what was the thing did you want to like look like Zach? well this is totally dated like i'm like did you want to look like zach morris from say by the Bell? he's, he's like he's too young morris. for that i'm sorry wrong wrong reference mm, he is a stud though he is i was in love with <laughs> who, would, him. who would be it's... june's age that would be like gossip girl whoever gossip girl guy was <laughs> is it though i don't know <laughs> who did you want to be june what was it that what 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 was the the key whiteness that you wanted to embody Oh, growing up, like a huge thing it was like a uh, high school musical, you know? So, like, oh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron. <laughs> yeah. Zach Efron was one Is of Zach the Zach Efron the new Zach Morris? But I feel like, so 
I've because t- I've talked to people who are were in similar similar situations like June, and it wasn't that they wanted to be a certain person. It's just that, it's just that they didn't right. realize they were different. No, but he's right. saying like yeah. he wanted to be white. I wanted to be white. I wanted to but look like Kelly is, Kapowski. I, like I think really the older I, yes. I, I realized. I think the older guy. I realized it wasn't. Maybe the deeper issue was like not so much I wanted to be white. Yes, I did, but I think the deeper issue was like I wanted to just fit in and just be normal right, and right. Yeah. not seen differently or just be re- constantly reminded that I'm not white. Well, <laughs> like for me as a, like, as a as a as a girl, like I I looked at and this is still a thing today, but that European standards of beauty are like the standards of beauty. So besides Kelly Kapowski, I really wanted to be Cher from Clueless and mm, Alicia Silverstone. Right, right, right. That movie is still like one of my favorite movies, and it's hilarious and it's very on point. But she to me was like the epitome of that was like '95, right? So I was like ten years old and i just thought she's the most beautiful girl that i've ever seen and she's super chic and fashionable and like every guy (laughs) loves her and to me like her blonde hair and blue eyes was like everything and that's what like barbie looked like you know what i'm saying like even my dolls that i played with since i was like three were were that was my that was my vision of beauty and not that like again it didn't help that my dad and my brother like made fun of me (laughs) that i was like ugly but it also like my face like i'm looking in the mirror contemplating my asianness and my slanted eyes (laughs) but like it did it fit that image you know what i'm saying so i think there was definitely an underlying thing of like i just want to look like her and that's interesting because like i grew up where like because minji grew up first half of her life in a very asian community and i grew up most of my life in a very asian community like most people don't get this till they go to college and like you know when i was in high school i had like a lot of asian girls have crushes on you know we we it was it wasn't a like we always knew we were we always knew we were asian it wasn't like wanting to be white wasn't it might have been a small part of like being American culture, but it wasn't a huge preoccupying thing in our mind because in our in our school, the most popular kids were Asian, the jocks were Asian, the nerds were Asian, yeah. the student council were Asian. Like it was a very it's like a more yeah. level playing field. Yeah, it's like yeah. Like I grew up in, I, it, and it wasn't until I went to grad school in the East Coast in Maryland that I realized I grew up in bizarre world, right. <laughs> But I mean, being from that background actually made me more confident in my Asianness, in, in my ethnic identity, than than a lot of my friends I met who didn't have that. Right. Right. They're probably right, walking right, around right. feeling like really self conscious about yeah. it, or like apologizing, like I'm sorry, like it's the yeah. Asian in me. This all happens. Yeah. Like you know, I I, I I have a feeling like I, I I like Asian girls probably because I, I grew up having crushes on them in, in school. You know, because they like, were plentiful. Because they were plentiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. All right, mm-hmm. I'm sure Minji's topic is going to be empower. So we're going to take a quick break, yep. and then we're going to talk all about empower afterwards. But thank you, June, for joining us for this really great roundtable discussion. Uh, we'll Loved be right it. back. Thank you. Hey everyone, uh, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of the Collaboration Movement, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the API community in North America and beyond. Uh, you can find out more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org and make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. 
Uh, not that many updates now that collaboration in Power 2017 is over. We're going to go more in depth on highlights from this weekend in the next segment of the podcast. But congratulations to Uzuhan, who won our 2017 Collaboration Star National Finale. Um, and also props to all the other finalists who came from all over the United States. Thanks to everyone who came out to Collaboration Empower Weekend um, and for making it a success, um, including all our attendees, all our speakers, and our main sponsors, um, Comcast, NBC Universal, On Demand Korea, Pandora, Nielsen, and Fusion, um, as well as all of our in-kind donors, um, sponsors, and community partners. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. Every week, I like to highlight a different podcast from our collective, but this week, I wanted to highlight an event that's coming up this Saturday at the San Diego Asian Film Festival um, put on by our friends at Pacific Arts Movement. Um, This weekend, of course, is the San Diego Asian Film Festival, so if you're in San Diego or in the Southern California area, I'd recommend heading down and checking out some great films by Asian and Asian American filmmakers. They always have a great lineup um, at their festival. But this year on Saturday, there's also going to be a couple podcasts being featured at the festival. Um, Potluck Pods Saturday School, Fresh Creatives, and They Call Us Bruce will be holding live recordings at the San Diego Asian Film Festival. So if you're in town, please stop by and say hi. For more information on the festival schedule and when our podcast will be recording, please check out the website festival.staff.org. And on that note, that's all we have this week for our break. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. And now let's get back to the show. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Collabcast, episode 145. It's a great um, break. It is Thursday, Thursday November, 9th. November 9th. It is the week, almost a week after Empower started. Yeah, at this uh, time last week, we were, we were a little low-key freaking out. Yeah, last week was when uh, when June came into our lives. Yeah. We had a quick barbecue sesh. A really quick one. <laughs> June, how is, like, I want to ask you, though, like, how was that experience? I still want to hear about your, like, because, okay, this is better than your 15 minutes, like, quote-unquote 15 minutes that you got off the bus during that trip. <laughs> but, like, what was your general, like, first take or or take overall of LA. Oh, just like the whole like weekend. Yeah, like you got to you got to just dive headfirst into a lot of like our world. You had like the, the the Asian American like not even one on one like three hundred one. Yeah, <laughs> like advanced Asian American class. Right. In Intense LA. course. Oh yeah. man, it was it was not to like bag on Atlanta at all. I love I love everything that's going on here, but in terms of like the. Asian American movement and especially the creative movement. It when I especially going into this weekend, especially especially on like we own the eighth on Thursday and then the comedy night on Friday, um there is a much bigger support system. Why? And one thing that I think is the reason for that is because there's a lot more creatives doing it, a lot of more like minded people. Mm-hmm. There is still this kind of there's like a smaller pool in Atlanta and Georgia. Um, people are doing it, but a lot of people aren't very vocal about it, and a lot of people are kind of a little more shy to put out their work or to even announce that they're doing anything of that sort because not many of their peers are doing it. So it's kind of a lonely journey. Being a creative is you know it's kind of lonely in and of itself. However. 
like it was it was really interesting because there was just this really big support system and it was just normal. Right. And it was just like a thing that people did on Thursday, Thursday night. nights. <laughs> I mean, not not to-, not to say that improv, not to say that like open mics don't exist here, mm-hmm. but especially like Asian Americans and stuff like that, but um yeah, the community is definitely is is is, is a little bit stronger because i think it's a little bit ahead i think atlanta is is definitely trailing and growing you know and i'm oh and I'm so really loving to yeah. see everything it's growing exponentially i mean not to toot our horn but like shout outs to collabors atlanta for sam real, and voices. Celine for putting on like their cafe their rotham open mic and, i follow you on instagram <laughs> you know it's it's <laughs> stuff like that oh it's like building it's like building building the base building the the bench right the more people that 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 have a stage the more people that crave it right and they're all like out there sharing that with their friends too and that's like all we wanted to do and i think like june that's what you've been doing you know what i'm saying like which is why i feel like when you cross paths with us right when i met you back in june june 8th um that was like you know a a turning point for us to like to reckon i did i met june in june june 8th june in june (laughs) but like when we cross paths it's like you know you got it's, it's kind of the thing with like with artists saying like you got to be ready to be ready right so like oh, yeah, when sure. the opportunity oh, yeah. comes like you have to have already prepped so you can't oh, like yeah. the opportunity is not going to fall in your lap and then if you're not ready to go like you ain't going to go anywhere yeah. so i feel yeah. like you, y'all have been doing that down there for a long time and that's why you know we love our collaboration atlanta team and like all the affiliate partners and stuff because i know like a uh, asian americans advancing justice out in atlanta has been partnering up with collab atlanta like putting on these events too that's crazy and like people that came through atlanta like kv's like killing it with her web series like there's shout out to there's a lot of great talent in atlanta and so one thing on another thing to add on to that one thing i noticed is um I mean, like to make like a quick little shameless plug of Atlanta, I I noticed how much talent there is in LA and just how many talented people and like amazing, amazing artists there are. But I've noticed, I mean, just to be perfectly honest, I was like, yo, there's people just as good, if not some better in Atlanta. That's just like, I just feel like a lot of them are so untapped. For sure. And in, in in there's just this ah uh, I don't know there's just this notion or stigma that it's like it, all the best people are in LA or no New York. no, no. I'll, be, I'll like, be who, the first. who won collaboration star I mean you know? Uzuhan hello <laughs> but like I'm was, the first one to be like no nah. yeah <laughs> and I mean it was just it was just like I mean me and James me and Uzuhan I've talked about this several times and a lot it's just like it felt really good to kind of pay homage to Atlanta and just kind of like put Atlanta on the map and on our back and to really just represent um yeah Georgia overall just all the way out in LA and not you know and I'm not it's not like a comparison game by any means no this is like I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that you know both cities are just killing it and crushing it and I'm and I'm so glad that there was a bridge that was made in my own world with Minji's and a collaboration LA and also just the, the the bridge more bridges and more doors are being opened with just other people in terms of city to city and social media has been really helpful for that and just yeah I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm trying to be positive I'm really liking the direction where all of this is headed you guys are on the right path but speaking of bridges between you and Minji you two were 
a lot of people's favorite parts of Flatbush and Star <laughs> yes. on Sunday. Yes. Yes. A lot of people Queen. really loved. You guys did. Um, so uh, for those of you who missed it, first of all, shame on you. Um, second <laughs> mm-hmm. of all, you missed just the most epic tag team duel of MCs we've ever had. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I said this on stage and I'll say it again. Like these these bits and everything like i credit june 100 percent because it was a collaborative thing he got my input but like i had i had a lot of other stuff to do you know what i'm saying oh yeah and so like i just like what i appreciate about june when i met him was like how much how seriously he took hosting and i'm telling you guys like y'all know in la that i host a lot and then i've been doing more events and whatnot hosting this podcast mm-hmm. is part of that practice or whatever but it's not a it's not a this is where I get I get defensive. June, do you know what I'm talking about? I get defensive <laughs> when people kind of talk like, oh, anybody can do it, which I don't think everyone's like, oh, everyone can do it, but they don't like, they don't understand that anyone it takes can a, do it, but there's, but can you do it? Well? Yeah, like some people are <laughs> not good at it. I mean, anyone can announce the next act, but can anyone get the crowd hyped? Right. And keep them engaged. And keep a thread yeah. going and, and like and share what the whole purpose of that event might be. And like from a production standpoint, MCs are there to distract the audience from all the setup going on <laughs> in the background. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you do that well? Because we had a big stretch moment in the middle for sure. Which was great. Yeah. Like it gave us the stage for our, our stuff. I was like, Aubrey, stretch. Tell me to stretch. Yeah. But like that's all why I just I appreciated June. And that's why it was such an easy fit for like, I was like, yeah, let's do this together. Um, because he he June takes that so seriously yeah. and props to that because again it's a craft it's an art don't care what you say <laughs> you do it and you tell me yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. he was like prepping and he was like coming up with bits he was like uploading all the files we were like checking in every day and like <laughs> what's going on you know and I just so thank you June well everyone wants to know when the June Lee Minji Chain K drama is premiering. <laughs> <laughs> We need, we need to get that in production. <laughs> Seriously, though. Well, we did our video. We did our mom video, like, you know, in our respective cities. So, June, yeah. we could do whatever we want. You can film a K drama skit, like, a, you can do that. I mean, all you need to do is just have a body double face press, right? Right. For the kiss. Yeah. Right. It's all good. It's angles, Marv. You just cheat the camera. Oh, I will say, my girlfriend was there and she said, like, yeah, Minji's pretty good on her own, but with June, it was like, a whole different level. Yes. So. No, and that's the beauty of it. I think like what 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 makes a host good, especially like co-hosting, is your ability to uh, bring the best out of the other person, bring the best out of the other uh, host and the other acts, and the way that. And a lot of people were actually curious. They were like, "Hey, so how long have you two been hosting together?" I was like, "This is my first time ever being." <laughs> someone asked you that. Well, we, yeah, someone asked me. I mean, that. didn't ask you to host until like last week, right? Yeah, because okay, this I, was so last minute because I didn't have brain space. Literally, like I'm just totally outing myself, but I wasn't think. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm saying speakers, uh, social media calendar, uh, you know, parking. Yeah. I'm like that's all I was thinking about. I wasn't even thinking that far ahead, and so I was like, oh shit. And then it was like, oh duh. Oh yeah, and then it was like, oh duh. I was like, June, uh, host me, dude. That'd be so fun, you know. And thank God he said yes. Yeah. It was great. Um, so Sunday was a great event. Congratulations, Uzuhan. Congratulations to all our finalists for coming yes, out and just yes. putting it all on the table. We had a lot of really great acts. Um, everyone everyone kind of just brought it. It was really cool. Actually, okay, because let's take a step back because we kind of jumped around a little bit. Mm-hmm. June, do you want to do like the recap on each day? Because it was a three-day weekend. It was. We alluded to that at the beginning and we've kind of mentioned the events. But do you want to like give us the walkthrough? 
Yeah. So okay. So Friday night was um was a comedy night in partnership with the um, Asian Asian AF, and it was like a sold out show, and that was. It was way more than we expected. We were, we were struggling to pull out chairs. Some people were oh standing. Oh, my God. Packed. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. always a great problem. Hell, you know yeah. I, mean? I was like, okay. Impact with Asians. <laughs> so as, as a performer from, from Atlanta, was this your first time like doing like a, like a this type of show? This type of show, yes. I've hosted like cafe nights and kind of like – but I've, I've never hosted like a dedicated comedy night where all the acts were straight up just like comedy slash stand-up performances. And so to be honest, I was more nervous about Friday than Sunday Aww. because I understand that Sunday was like kind of like a bigger scale or like bigger audience. However, I've done stuff like like what I did on – Like musicians and stuff, yeah. Right, right. I've And the thing is like I – I realized on Friday I had to rely solely on my words and talking. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't just resort to my defense mechanism of dancing or (laughs) or being silly of rapping or stuff like that. So I had to be more methodical and just be, just think of clever and funnier ways to make the audience laugh with just my words. And so that was a challenge for me and it was, it was a really good challenge and it kind of just pushed me to be more creative. And I was like, also, like, hmm, I, I wonder if the crowd out here would would they take anything differently, etc. But it was a really great night. We had because um, we had stand up comedians, so we had Jenny Yang, Shang Wang, Dilo, and Jr. Guzman. Yeah. And then we had st- uh, the improv with Asian AF Super Team plus Dante Bosco as our celebrity monologist, <laughs> and it was just ridiculous. It was. It was. I'm still yeah, thinking of JR's inappropriate Christmas songs. Nice. Still thinking. I'm a, I like. I was like, I want to sing that to my girlfriend, but I don't want her to break up with me. Or <laughs> Good call. Good she will do it if you do it in private. Wise, like in public, maybe. <laughs> Wise choice, June. Wise choice. Yeah, it was. Um, and yeah, that was. Um, I don't want to get into it, but that was also a production like feat to get that yes. up and running. Like we 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 ran into. We had a mini crisis like half an hour before the show. Yeah. And we were able to Technically pull it- seven minutes before the show. <laughs> and we were able to pull it off. So props to the collaboration production team for just like... Just like... Slay, man. Yeah. Slay. We, we handled that. Sure. Okay. And then Saturday. And so then Friday was a hit. Um, yeah. We had... We, you know... And then... Oh, by the way, I have to continue to plug. But I want to thank... Like we had Comcast, NBC Universal. Yeah. Sponsor Pandora, Fusion, on On Demand Korea. They stepped in to be our sponsor for the weekend. So just plug. Put a lot... Took a lot of pressure off of us. Yeah. And helped us focus on the show. Just which make is, the yeah. show good. Right. And then so Saturday... And Saturday, I... I, I don't know how like the collaboration staff and everyone like made this possible and put this together, but it was phenomenal. Um, it was like a huge convention with guest speakers from all around panels and workshops and a lot of guest appearances. Anyone from John Chu, Harry Shum Jr. Um, I mean, uh, Min- Minji's going to have to help me out because she knows like, I don't know how she kind of coordinated all this and along with her team, but it was just so inspirational. Like, a lot of ton of music and artists and it was it was what was so great about it was just such a organic genuine conversation yeah that like that's one of the best ways to just 
get insightful information for a lot of up-and-coming content creators or artists that want to be in that same boat in the same shoes as them and it was just a really cool reminder that a lot of these big stars big hitters a lot of big names they once started out attending workshops and conventions and right. asking the same exact questions so it was, it was a really nice reminder that um the journey is, is is pretty similar in the sense of like it, it is really just hashing it out, just really grinding it out, and it was kind of just reassuring and reaffirming for me at least to yeah. to attend. It was great Good. to see all the like all the feedback and people that were just just left inspired and empowered yeah, to yeah, do yeah. stuff. You know, they're all like, "I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna write my passion planner." I was like, "Yeah, do that." Well, because the thing is with, with intent, and this is our third year doing this, and what we learned from even just like from the very first year, where like Tamlin Tamita opened it up by crying on stage because she was just like talking about she was like talking about fear and like not letting think like letting that or anything else or anybody else like dictate what is that you want to do. That's up to you and you need those moments and those reminders and that's why i was so grateful because learning from the first two years that like be intentional like when we i had calls with all our moderators and be like yo this is about our stories but it's also about advice like we want to walk out knowing how do we go with our stuff not just like how great you are because that's part of the story but the other part is like how did that play out and how do i do that myself and that's why i think was like the perfect combo and everyone brought it and they were super we had executives dropping f-bombs and stuff and i was like please you know what i mean like they all asked me like am i allowed to curse i was like by all means (laughs) because i'm like you need to be honest like don't feel like you need to sugarcoat stuff like this is for you to keep it real and I'm really glad you actually brought that up because a lot of these big names, like like executive vice presidents and founders, um, their stories were so applicable right. to, to 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 me and to a lot of other people, and their upbringings and their journey was so practical in the sense of like I can put a lot of these practices into my own life. Yes, yeah. and that was so. That was what was so reassuring and reaffirming for me. It's like as something as simple as just a positive mindset of just waking up every morning with a smile. Yes, you know, Dave Gonzalez. Men- yeah, just a mental shift in perspective, and a lot of people just. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Harry. Sorry. Right, right, right. Was, that was Harry. <laughs> the, both of them kind of had... Dave was like the moment. affirmation, like the raise the roof. He does yeah. raise the roof, but Harry was <laughs> smi- wake up yeah, and smile. Yeah, we had Dave Gonzalez, the, the founder of World of Dance, the founder of Hot Import Nights. Hot like, Import the Nights, The dude that made like Fast and Furious. No, Dave Gonzalez, we no can credit. Show. Like That's why Fast and Furious franchise exists. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. It was great. In our keynote panel, we had John M. Chu. And I forgot that Harry Shum had worked with John before. Yeah. In Step Up. Right. And in, like, in League of Extraordinary Dancers... I mean, honestly, I love John John Chu's story about his parents owning a Chinese restaurant. Like, period. That gave me so much life because, like, (sighs) everything, you know? (laughs) This goes beyond Hollywood. This is, like, these are roots. These are where we come from, you know what I mean? And we have all these, like, small business owner (laughs) parents and, like, ah, all of it. Yeah. Um, Also really great was um, Cape for helping us set up our showrunners panel, which included um, Leo Chu, executive producer of Super Ninjas, Afro Samurai, um, Mm -hmm. Sunil Nayar, the um, executive producer and showrunner Mm -hmm. of Revenge, and and Monica Maser, the showrunner of Queen Sugar from the Oprah She worked with my idol. She works with Oprah. I died. And it was great. It it was really (laughs) cool. Like Sunil uh, was talking about how, yeah, he was the showrunner. He was the head writer of probably one of the whitest shows on television revenge which is about like right. 
East Coast white people, right? And Leo was like sharing yeah. a story how he um how he worked as an executive before he was ever a writer or producer. Yeah. He was an executive. He was with Disney, right? Yeah. And then he also worked on um Spirited Away, which like I was like, what? <laughs> Um, and it was just great. Like I learned a lot about, and this is great because I'm learning new stuff too. Being like, I, I was in the booth the entire time during the panels, but learning about just how writing rooms work and the hierarchy. Like I didn't know that until this panel. I wish I got to yeah. watch the whole panel. June, did you get to go to that one? No, I didn't. Oh, which one were you at? Yeah. Well, you you went to acting one, right? Oh, it's the acting one. I went to the. Honestly, it's such a blur right now. I wasn't yeah. running around. All no, I'm glad you got to go though. Like that's why I, I mean that was one of the reasons I was like, June, you have to come out to LA. You have to come out in November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and just um, overall, in a nutshell, the experience of just this whole weekend, even besides hosting, was just so much, and it was great. Um, just if anything, it was just so so inspiring. We like, were surrounded by just yeah. so much energy. It was good. so much yeah. like people were there. For the right reason, this is part of what we, we we want to make sure people come and are engaged and are you know receiving the message because that's it's so important. Like you know, with with everything we talked about in the first segment, to have more creators out there, more people forcing like pushing our voice out into the open. And I right? think that's the process of like everyone's gonna in whatever version they're gonna have their awakening to say like, yo, and like I I had two people come up to me that I'd never met before, and they're because they saw that you know we're part of staff and everything. They came with that. They're like, I literally never thought of Asian American activism in any shape or form until today. They like I never thought of that as a thing yeah and as of today i i get it and i feel like i have a part to play and i was like holy wow like no it's true it's, it really is true yeah. um luckily my brother you know he's he's like pretty well read and he t- talked about me about you know a lot of these topics a lot so luckily i, I kind of got into this um a little earlier like kind of <laughs> like late high school early college but yeah i mean that, that's so true before that i didn't even know that was a conversation or a topic or right a thing yeah, you yeah. didn't know it was a thing yeah. and just where activism <laughs> yeah, happens sure. like you know in in our in our in our power players panel we have chris san augustine the evp of current program Dude, she Universal, is so and she's been in the game for a long long time and she's right. she, she gave that perspective like this is how far we've come but this is how far yeah. we still need to go right right and i loved her she really brought it down yeah. to like brass tacks you're like so you're <laughs> saying that you guys want this change well that this is how this plays out this is how this looks in a in a meeting room like and, show up and dropping truth that like people are gonna steal your ideas people are gonna like minimize you you just have to have a thick skin and keep going right because that's how you True. that's how you win you win by not giving up when you lose. Right. Right. And that's what, uh, what's her, sorry, Queen Monica Maser, <laughs> God, like freaking working with Oprah and Ava DuVernay, goals. Um, but she was just like, you know, asserting her, for me as a woman, and she's like a female showrunner, which is still, you know, yeah. St- uh, statistically speaking, like a low ratio. But she was just like, no, you got to figure out where you're going to like not pull your punches like where are you going to speak up and where do you pull back because it is a very political thing and you're like say okay in here in this instance i am going to speak up for the minority voice and i don't care if i'm that girl i don't care if i'm like that she's she's black and asian she's like i don't care if i'm that like in your eyes that angry black woman that's like just no but this is important i'm going to speak up and i don't care if that ruffles she also made the, the great point that it also helped her out that she had mentors and people above her who had her back for sure who said okay I know you're upset about this. I'll take the punch for you. Right. Right. Uh, and because I can uh. take it. And now that she can take it as a, as a showrunner, 
she's the one helping other people out. Like, okay, I know what you're thinking. I really like take, that. I'm going to go to the bat for this. Yeah, you know? they're saying like you have to pay it forward. This is yeah. not just like, okay, I got in the door. Like you keep that door open and yeah. you bring other right. people behind you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. <sighs> And then shout out to Soul Sausage because we all kicked it there afterwards. And yeah. a lot of people, like, again, every they year. They give us so much food. They give us the a lot day. of food. We I, love I took them. like two sausages up in the booth for Star. I, <laughs> June, did you eat at Star? <laughs> no. See, I, I like the food amazing. How did I like, eat and you guys didn't? I couldn't. I have <laughs> nerves. Usually I'm the one that doesn't no. eat. I can never really, yeah, I can never really eat before like a show. I just it's get hard. Too, like, yeah. Anxious stuff. Yeah, you're like, I got to be so on point. Though. It looked amazing. <laughs> I'm glad you ate well, Marv. You deserve it. I took like two sausages and a dulce sandwich. Good job. I had salad that I dumped a lot of dressing on and I couldn't, couldn't <laughs> eat it. But okay, so that was Saturday and then we ended, um, that was a full day and then yeah. next day. Well, so shout out to also to just our Kino panel cool up. Um, Dude, she's the, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's so funny. We had a, yeah. Thanks to all our speakers, like just for making it just a great, great event. For real, yeah, so great. Yeah, star. And then Sunday, yeah, yeah. Star was kind of the way to wrap the whole weekend up. We had the star show where we brought out all the finalists from um, all the cities for collab. Minji, you're going to have to help me out with there. There's Atlanta, there's Texas, there's Chicago, there's Seattle, there's LA. Uh, Seattle didn't have a finalist. We had Detroit, San Francisco, and LA. And then Houston, Houston, Mm. Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Chicago? And Chicago, yeah. Chicago. Those are the six, yeah. 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 But it was great. So they all came out. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they all came out kind of to compete for the grand prize. And what was so great about that um, is how supportive each finalist were with each other. Oh my God, I and, cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it is a competition. At the end of the day, there is only one winner, but everyone was so supportive of each other. Everyone was so um, just, it was just such a community. Like a lot of these people met for the first time, but it just kind of just had this like family bond to it, especially in the rehearsal room. And everyone's just giving really, really good, constructive, positive feedback. And everyone's like, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. Oh my God, I love you. No, I love you. It was great. And it was really, really great to see that. A lot of this is props to just Minji's vision of like, because there was a time when it was just a competition. People came in, they played and then they left. But then we created, you know, once we created this weekend, once we created like a, a, a program that like, we we're had all going to stay together and we're going to rehearsals <laughs> and like honestly like for a lot of for a lot of our artists especially ones that come out from out of city out of state this is the first time they've met like other uh, not see. the first time but it's like it's a big deal yeah. like yeah and like i guess again it comes back to like some things that we can take for granted because we're here and we get to be in this space year round and have like but for like we that's what i realized in traveling out to all these cities and meeting everybody elsewhere and seeing where they where they prosper and flourish where they are like i was like that'd be really sick if we could just get people into the same room learn from each other like this is our little weekend but like that weekend like you're saying june like it could change everything right yeah. depending on like i can't dictate that but what i can do is try to try to bring elements together so that that connection can happen and that's the thing like you know on paper when you talk to people about collaboration it sounds like oh it's like 
oh, it's like college culture night or something. Like on paper, it doesn't sound as great as no. when you're there. Like yeah. we have so many people. And that's kind of the hard thing about being running collaborations. How do you message this to show people what it actually is? Because we have so many people who come out to our shows for the first time or came out the sure. first time this year and like realize, I didn't realize it was like this. Right. I didn't realize I would right. feel this right. way right. afterwards. Well, I acknowledge right. that even in our my opening letter. Like I'm just like owning up to it. Because here's the thing. Like I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be real about Asian America. We've been hella intra-competitive too. Mm. There's a lot of different voices who want to be the authority and that's fine like honestly at this point like do you but like if we're if we're gonna uh preach about community and then not practice that Mm -hmm. then like we're just as hypocritical as the next person so for me it's like taking ownership like yeah this is was not how collaboration always was it was always with that intent did we execute to the best Mm -hmm. potential not always but that's fine because we've persisted yeah i i give us credit for that and like honestly and it it shows because we had all these other orgs out there supporting us we had cape we had disoriented we had we own the eighth we had all these other people coming out from buzzfeed from like whatever you know and they're there because they recognize like we're not here to like minimize you we're here to lift everybody up yeah and then and then saying that rehearsal i'm just sorry going back to the rehearsal (laughs) it was just so cute because that's on a micro level but to me that's everything like them being able to give each other like feedback and perform for each other and like give each other support and you know like constructive critiques was everything like i was ready to weep and it was so fun because even they're so different genres right june like you're there to like study each act so you could host on them but like they all learned from each other didn't matter if they were like one's a rapper and the other's a poet or like the other's an acoustic singer like they all had stuff to learn no yeah i mean like as minji said like i was i was pretty you know busy and stressed out kind of like trying to get all the script together and you know writing down ideas and how to so that's the primary reason i joined on the rehearsals to get a better view and understanding of what each performer is like but the thing is i couldn't help but inputting and like i just wanted to join in on this huge group <laughs> I, was like, I need to write the script but like everyone's being so supportive and i just let me join you guys like let me let me get a piece of this love you know and so um big big props to Benji for first off having that vision as marvin said and also just being uh executing that really well and just facilitating all of that and, and then she's she's giving tips and pointers but at the same time she's like holding back tears so it was just yeah minji cries is a theme of this weekend y'all made me cry it's like this like loving bullying but um, it's not actually bullying but it's like super wonderful thank you i want to end on um, going back to you guys as hosting going back to the kind of what some people consider the highlights of the entire night which is the june dancing segment and oh the minji God. rapping segment <laughs> i loved it it was just so fun it was so fun and i'm glad so I, he just made it happen so i guess to kind of like take you like quote unquote backstage of all of this so when as soon as i got the confirmation and request from minji to to host to co-host with her on the start i was like Okay, like I need to bring my A game, and, <laughs> and and I just wanna I wanna publicly say this: a big reason why I'm I even got flown out to LA. Period, was because when Minji saw me dance in Atlanta. Yes, <laughs> I guess I guess that was one of her, my biggest selling points. And that's the way to her heart, bef- really. <laughs> before before we even really exchanged names, she put me on her like Instagram story and Instagram <laughs> posts. It's like I love my job, and it's just my like it's just a backside of me. Booty like, shaking. Like, 
Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> dancing, and my booty is like the first thing is like being shown. Like my butt gr- greeted her before my hand did. <laughs> <laughs> As some, there are other people it. out there, same same situation. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I mean, let's do it. And also, you know, I had a little rap thing. And as we were kind of formulating the scripts, and I, I was giving her different ideas for the bits and different ideas what would be funny. And I and I mentioned my rap bit, and she's like, and she was so shy about it, like this, this, <laughs> this outspoken, powerful Minji was like, oh well, yeah. I mean, I I, I rap a little a little bit. I, I do I do. I do know some lyrics to this one song, California oh Love. Oh my god! And as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Minji, what? Like, what? <laughs> You've been keeping this like this whole time. I didn't know." If it's an open secret if anyone has ever been karaokeing with Minji. Well, I don't rap at karaoke, <laughs> but you know, or in a car with her so, when the song comes on. Yeah, cars. Yes. <laughs> she was so shy and humble about it, but I was like. No, 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 no. We need to put this on the big stage. And the thing is, and later, I later found out that she didn't tell any of her staff members that she was doing this. So, and then she, as soon as we, you know, got the green light from each other, we're like, okay. She's like, okay, I'm buying the eye patch. I need the leather jacket. And we, we just Dr. executed Dre. it in a way she where she came out where she had a grand entrance where she exited the stage. And some people are like, oh my god, did she actually leave the stage? But she came out with the full ensemble and the full like costume <laughs> in and, my uh, heels people like just went ballistic they just <laughs> like lost their mind my man Preet thought that i like she was genuinely like she's like i know that they're hosting so this is probably a thing but did, did, did she get mad and leave like she was genuinely like really it's is Mitchie, like upset did she really like i mean i had the cue sheets so i was like okay you know <laughs> i know it's but, a bit <laughs> yeah yeah but even and people who knew it was a bit and that was my first time actually seeing it like played out because she was so busy. So we never actually practiced that part. <laughs> that was the first time we didn't even practice it. I was just like, "Hey, I'm just gonna do my thing, and then you're just gonna do your thing." And I'm like, oh, "I know Minji's gonna be good because it's Minji." But when I saw her, like all my reactions on stage, me dancing, that was just very genuine. <laughs> was that very was just me grooving. I was like, "Holy moly! Look at this! Look at this person just uh, go!" It was so, so funny. It was, it was fantastic. So everyone that missed out, I feel yeah. so bad. And then he had the I dancing. I mean, again, he just like made it so welcome. And I, this like we, and we were, he was very generous. And we we're just like, okay, so I'll have my rap moment. And dude, June can rap too. He made them rap about milk, the mumble <laughs> rap. And my reaction when he did the, I can't even roll my arms. But like when he did that thing, my, my reaction, I saw a video of someone's snap or like someone's Instagram story. I was like, that was a very real reaction. I was like, oh my God. But um, but when he danced though, I was like, June, your dancing gives me life. Like, obviously, that's why I was like, I need to meet this man. We need to be friends. But my, uh, my mom was like saying, I was like, yeah, 꼭 녹음해놔 너 춤추는 거. Which translates is like, hey, you have to get your dancing on video because oh I love this so much. And so like good. Of me Man. when I was like going out, she's like, I, re- I just really want to see you dance, uh, so make sure you get it on video. <laughs> that it's the dance, the uh, rap, and then the K drama. I mean, we just had a lot of fun. Looked, looked like a lot of fun from where I was at. Yes, <laughs> and I credit you. We had a lot of trust, and I'm just I'm thank you for putting all that uh, thought and and coordination and working with the DJ. Shout out to Miss DJ Bliss. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She killed yeah, it. Man. So and, good. and thank you for just being a part of it, just for killing it. <laughs> so yeah. fun! I was like, I got, I got to go all out. I have to. <laughs> yeah. 
And on that note, uh, that'll do it for this uh, gush fest of Empower Weekend. We, I feel like we haven't had a chance to really talk about all the good things that happened because we've just been sleeping the last few days. Yeah. But um, thank you, June, for being a part of it. Thank you for being a guest on our podcast to talk about it. This uh, is June's first you. podcast ever, too. Oh, welcome. Hey. I know. I hope I, I, hope I didn't disappoint. No, oh, you no, did I'm great. I'm so nervous. So I'm good. in my pajamas here, right okay. now. But. Very nice. Very nice. This is the beauty of podcasting. You just like, I ain't got no makeup on. It's cool. Yeah. Um, it June, if people want to find out more of your stuff and watch your Instagram, where can they go? Yeah, so all platforms, Instagram, um, YouTube, Facebook, you can find me at June Lee Comedy. June is spelled J-O-O-N-L-E-E. And yeah, feel free to follow me and hope you enjoy. Awesome. And as always, you can contact the collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org collaboration with a K um, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts on Google Play Music on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts um, leave us a good review if you have time that'd be nice um, and uh, yeah thank, thank you so much I just want to I just want to say thank you to Marvin and for Minji for having me on um, it's been a pleasure meeting you guys and of course uh, you, guys, you guys are the best come back soon yeah um, seriously remember June quarterly special thanks to Uzohan winner of Collaboration yeah. seriously congrats to James we love you so much also for Yusuf's song on this week's intro and outro um, and yeah that'll do it that'll do it week. thanks June thanks Minji we'll see y'all next week thanks I cannot compute. Pew pew. Hey, tell me who are you? Fondue. Got the smell on you.